and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours. And glad that you're spending some of your morning here with Trent and I. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Yesterday we said we are going to take a look at our four regional teams in the first hour of the program, the four regional NFL teams as NFL free agency. Now they call it the uh, legal tampering, but it's free agency. You know what it is. They just can't sign the contracts, but the deals have been done, um, and they will uh, become official here in the next couple of days, but a lot of movement. We're going to talk with Dave Sinekin right off the bat. He covers Green Bay at theheadcheese.com, then Nick Cathan, primetimesportstalk.com, Jeff Hughes on the Bears, the Bears blog, and their new quarterback, Andy Dalton. No. Gross. And, and then we'll get into the Vikings uh, before the uh, first hour of the program comes to an end. We will start hour number two with Adam Emenecker, former Drake Bulldog. We'll pick his brain on the uh, on the Bulldogs in Wichita State coming up at 11.05. Adam will join us. And then Michael Swain, we will um, put a bow on the show talking a little Iowa State and where they go from here as the decision was made yesterday uh, to part ways with Coach Steve Prohm. I guess uh, Jamie Pollard uh, whether he was at the, uh, uh, the, tr- the cross-country event or not. Mm-hmm. They certainly have airplanes that they can get, he can jump on and get back uh, to, to meet with his basketball coach. And they came to a decision to part ways. Now the speculation begins. Who is it going to be? How long is it going to take? Uh, did somebody write a check to do this, as was the case in Indiana? By the way, did you see the Indiana? Two boosters. One paid the $10 million buyout. And one wrote a check for five million, I guess, for the next coach, Mark Cuban. Yeah, that that'd be the probably the one that makes the most sense, right? Uh, Ten million dollars. Yeah, if anybody can write it, where did Broadcast dot com is where it he was. first made his money. Yes. Uh, do you remember when that Broadcast dot com launched? Oh yeah, and the connection on ESPN dot com. Yes, oh, and USA yes. Today. Uh huh. Uh, just remarkable, remarkable idea, and he made billions, and good for him. Uh, so, and by the, and Dave Sinekin is an Indiana grad as well, so I'm sure we'll do a little bit on the uh, Hoosiers. But Trent, it seemed like inevitable uh, that it was going to happen. A lot of folks, I don't know if it was their heart that was convincing them that this won't, this may not happen. That Pollard may try and keep him for another year. The head said there's no way that they could do that. Uh, but I think a lot of people's heart got uh, got the better of them and made their decision because, but look, I, by all accounts, he's a really Steve Prom is a very good person. Yes, right. Uh, but you're paid to win basketball games. That's the bottom line. That's how you're judged. Wins and losses. Now there's no column for nice guy. W L N G. No, you don't see that anywhere. Um, it's wins and it's losses. And he didn't have enough wins. That's the bottom line. And Iowa State can't go forward with that. And Jamie Pollard, to his credit, realized that. Uh, and is going to, you know, bite the bullet and write the check. Maybe there's, I mean, I don't know why Steve Prohm would uh, give them a little break. He certainly doesn't have to. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, at some point whether he did or whether he didn't. Um, 
But regardless of that, Steve Prohm is out, no surprise. Now the speculation begins. Yeah, there's one thing about being a nice guy, but this is why you have agents involved. Right. He's, he's not giving them it's a business. break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give them a break. I because, wouldn't think so. No, absolutely not. That's the buyout. That's mm-hmm. the contract you signed. That's a buyout. Right. That's what you're going to pay. That's the way these things work. That aside, good person, not a very good basketball coach. Three out of four years, yeah. I think we've gone through. And, right. and as we look back upon the era of Steve Prohm, the Big 12 tournaments will be the highlight. But it'll be what if. Yeah, good. Sure. That's With that fair. much talent that mm-hmm. went through the program, mm-hmm. that will ultimately, when people look back and say, boy, the high water mark was a sweet 16. Loss. Yeah. Right. That's as good as you could do. No regular season championships. Couple of good runs in Kansas City, sure, but that's it. I think that's going to be more than anything what people remember about this era and how it ended, and the roster that he's leaving behind. Yeah, which isn't a whole lot no, there. It's, it's not. going to be a huge rebuilding project. So as we look forward, T.J. Otzelberger is the one getting the most conversation. You know, Trent, I I think that there's, it's, I'm not sure that that's a name that look the the media is behind it. <laughs> The media, yes, Iowa State media, yes, they love this hire. They love this name if because he's they have the connections guy. to him. Sure, look, T.J. Otzelberger. I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. Out of the blue, out of the complete blue yonder, my phone rang. Hey, Ken, T.J. Otzelberger. What? Right? What are you calling me for? Right? Yeah. <laughs> How many people did you did, did not take your phone call before you got to the M? But regardless of that. I don't know if he's the guy that's going to excite the fan base. You go back to the to the hiring of Prome and the fact that he was Jamie Pollard's guy, mm-hmm. and Jamie Pollard got overruled by his school president Stephen Leith, who was, you know, injected himself into that uh, hire, and ultimately he's the boss, right? Uh, and he's he was going to get his way, and he wanted Steve Prome, and that's who he got. But times change, man. Um, if you ask UNLV fans, they are hoping against hope that they take T.J. Otzelberger out of Las Vegas. Did you see the tweet last night from one of the national guys that said T.J. It was either Rothstein or Jeff Goodman. I can't remember which of them, but they both had mentioned Otzelberger. And then I read the comments, which is dangerous. <laughs> but the comments from every single UNLV fan right. was, take them. Yeah, down on their knees. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Where? Right. I'll I'll back up the moving man. Let's go. What did, what did Matt Yeomans from the uh, from Vissen, formerly the Las Vegas uh, paper LVRJ, and he covered them forever. He was their Randy Peterson, Chad Leistakow type of guy. He said that T.J. Otzelberger is the worst X's and O's coach he's seen in five years in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that's watched a lot of Mountain West basketball. Yeah, I bet a lot of Mountain West basketball. <laughs> yes, he has not the kind of endorsement that you want. No, it's not. I, I've heard it from a multitude of people. And people want to point to the success of South Dakota State. Look at it a little deeper. Yeah, Realize Mike Dom, right? Mike Dom, a a guy he did not recruit. Right, was already there. No, when he, he could read, but true. But you know, to be fair, that's his that, that that's sure. his calling card, right? But his that program was built on mm-hmm. Mike Dom. It was a guy that he didn't bring in himself. Secondly, convinced to stay. So you got to give him a little check mark. There's a little one. Yeah, but the program before, pretty much exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The program now after has been about exactly the same. He didn't elevate it. He didn't take it to another level. He maintained it. Well, maintaining Iowa State is not what you need. You need to elevate. Mm-hmm. He has not elevated UNLV. It's two years. He's completely right. overhauled the roster, yes, but you're not seeing any fruits of that labor. And I guess 
if uh, I believe what I'm what I read, that's coming, right? Because yes. he's got yeah. good recruiting classes coming, but you never know for sure. And the other part is something that you mentioned, and the fracturedness that you hear on both sides. This is, I think, the most divisive hire that you could make. If it's TJ, if it's TJ Otzenberger, because. There is a segment that is, no, never, right. absolutely not. And right. there's a segment that says, yes, this is the perfect guy. Right. Let's recreate what we had a decade ago. You have these two fan base. That's, that's not the way to get a hire. You know, winning the press conference is so overrated. Right. And I think we all know that. Sure. But this is already fractured. Is that how you want to start off a rain? I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know if that's going to move the enthusiasm meter amongst this fan base. I'm just not sure that TJ Otzelberger is the guy. Look, some of them want him for sure. And again, I think it's, I think there's a lot of media that covers Iowa State that are hoping against hope that this is their guy. They love TJ Otzelberger. I get it. Um, but I'm not sure if they speak for the fan base. I'm yeah. just not sure. I don't know what that name is. I mean, John Beeline is a home run hire, but he's 68 years old. Is, you know, and again, I'm in my 60s. I'm rooting for 68-year-old guys. <laughs> yeah. 60-anything guys. But is five years of John Beeline and then a contingency plan to move forward what you want? That's what you'd be getting. Can't coach forever. The Hoiberg one, we also, I think we need to explain again. The buyout. That's it's $10 million. Yeah. To get him away from Nebraska is $10 million. Mm-hmm. You already got five to prom. Then you got $10 million. That's before you even build a staff right. to bring along with it. You're $15 million on an athletic budget that is already $25 million behind where they anticipated to do. Trent, you're hooked over $20 million before you take the floor at Hilton in November. You're hooked $20 million, at that, least. That's a lot of ask of yes. your big donors. Right. Uh, and who knows if Hoiberg's even interested in coming back. That's the other part. You know? I mean, I'd love for Fred Hoiberg to come back. He had a pretty good spot at his alma mater, uh-huh. place he's beloved, uh-huh. had the program humming at a pretty good level, and he left. He was fun. Look, I mean, I've got two or three years left doing this tops. I hope Iowa State's good again. It was awful covering the not covering them, mm-hmm. talking about this team this winter. It was terrible. An, a winless team. That's no fun. No. Our best thing we could say is that they're trying hard. They're trying hard. Right. We would try and put lipstick on this after every game, find the positive put on it. It was difficult to do some days. I don't know. Um, the roster, you, you, you want to see Foster? Take, I mean, it's too bad he couldn't have played down the stretch. Yeah. He would have had some really meaningful minutes in games that they probably weren't going to, it wasn't going to make any difference whether he did or not, but just the learning experience that he would have got late in the Big 12. Um, Rasir Bolton says he's coming back. Blake Henson is there, apparently. You know, he's, he was the double-digit scorer in the SEC as a sophomore, as a junior sophomore. sophomore. So he can play, anxious to see what he does. Uh, Coleman lands. Is he going to come back for a seventh year? Javon Johnson? Eh. Trey Jackson? They need a point mm. guard. And they may have one who may not be coming. Hunter's got a decision to make, pursuing on, you know, he committed to play for Coach Steve Prohm. He's a guy that, that is a really good point guard coach uh-huh. and has put guys in the league. Now uh-huh. Tyrese Hunter, the Milwaukee guy, it's not like it's an in-state kid where you have that same kind of pull, uh-huh. grew up watching Iowa State basketball, that kind of thing. You don't have that. That is going to be, I mean, that is number one for the new coach. It's Hunter, and then from there, if it's not going to be Hunter, you have to bring in 
multiple point guards? Is that fair to say? Because they don't have one on the roster. They don't, Trent. They don't. Um, Rasir Bolton played out of position the entire year. Mm -hmm. And he had a really good year. You know, in the scheme of things, I thought. All right, uh, let's get Jeff in here. He's been very patient. We'll hear what he has to say, and we'll get back to it. Again, we will bookend the show. We're going to start with Iowa State. There was another coaching news in the state yesterday. That kind of got moved to the bottom (laughs) of the front page of the paper. Uh, Fran McCaffrey signing his uh, uh, three-year extension. Uh, Good for him. Uh, Jeff joins the program. Jeff, how are you? Go ahead. Good. Hey, real quick, uh, why don't we just kick the herd out and you guys just go three hours and lead right into to Murph and Andy? Can we do that? Is that possible or what? Unfortunately, it is not. The long story, but no, that that's something that, for the time being, is going to stay put. Yeah. Because you guys could run three hours, I think, really easy. But I was just throwing that out there. Um, um, well, well, it is what it is. So, yeah. uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I wish it was three hours, but it is what it is. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so, you know, Lunatic Iowa State fans, and I don't think I'm one of them, but if I was, I would want to be talking to Miller. I would want to be mm-hmm. talking to even slimy Rick Pitino, mm-hmm. Beeline, Sam Mata, those kind of guys. Okay, I can pair it like this. I'm at a party, and I'm starting to feel myself. I'm having a couple drinks. I'm talking to the best girls <laughs> in the bar. Okay, Then it rolls to about 1.45 in the morning. And there she is. That's the girl you're taking home, possibly. I compare that to TJ. Now, if you look at TJ's record, and I have it in front of me, he is 28 and 29 at UNLV. And like you guys said before, they're ready to get rid of him. We can get TJ, I believe, whenever we want at Iowa State. So hopefully, we're making calls. And if we want to get back to winning and competing with Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, those kind of schools, is TJ really the hire? I don't think so. I, uh, Jeff, I, I, I'm not sure. Jeff, i got to move uh, on. Appreciate it. Anything else real quick, Jeff? Um, I feel great with uh, where I was seated. I haven't called in a while. I don't think Oregon scares me. I don't care about their length, their guards, their three-point shooting. I feel good for Fran. That's great. Uh, go Hawkeyes, and we'll see what Drake does in the next couple of days. Uh, Thanks, appreciate the call. Yeah, it'll be a disappointment if uh, if Iowa doesn't make it out of the first weekend. That's I think. By the though. way, Richard Pitino was unemployed twelve hours. He's now the new head coach in New Mexico. New Mexico, and there was a lot of connecting dots already happening. In twelve hours <laughs> on that one. So uh, took in over taking over for Paul Weir, who was uh, I think he a grad assistant at the University of Iowa under Alford way wow. back in the day. And uh, don't that remember that name. There. Speaking of uh, New Mexico connections, New Mexico State. Chris Jans, mm-hmm. guy from Wapsie Valley, mm-hmm. Iowa guy, had a really good first year at Bowling Green, then got videoed, grabbing a girl's butt at the bar, yeah. and got fired. Right. He's done a really good job at New Mexico State. Seemingly everybody, though, that goes to that job does a, guy, does a good job with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about down the list, is that anything at all? Remember you, Stacey? Oh, yeah. This automatic cross off. So. Okay, all right. For that very, for that very reason, look at the Larry Station could coach. Yes, flat out. Yes, but no, that's a good point. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked about my first name that I came up month and a half ago was Archie Miller. It was that guy looking for the safe landing mm-hmm. spot before he gets fired. Well, Archie ultimately got fired. Here's a name that uh, I've seen bandied about a little bit more here the last few days. Mark Turgeon. You know, I, why is his name out there, Trent? I've he, seen that too. Because he only has two years left on his deal, and they didn't re-up him. They have not. Hmm. I think they're going to win a game in the tournament this weekend too. By Beat the way. UConn, I do. I think they can. Kansas guy, uh huh. 
get back to the Midwest. Right. His dude can coach. Yeah. Dude can recruit. Mm-hmm. Sticks up for his team, as we saw take on and take it after Juwan Howard this weekend. Doesn't back down from a 6'11 Juwan Howard. <laughs> Which might not be the brightest move, but there he was. But he was there. Yep. Does that... I, I That one kind of excites me. Yeah, I could see that, Trent. Here, does Pollard have his guy already? <sighs> if it is, I think it's a... If it's TJ Otzelberger, he's got his guy already, right? Simple enough, Yes. That seems like he'd be settling. I hate to say it. I, I, I think there's more out there. Mm-hmm, me I, too. I, I think you have think, to explore more than that. Right. I think that's taking the easy way out. And to Jeff's point, that's your backup option. That's uh-huh. that's the 155 a.m. There's a long time ago. <laughs> 155. All right. We'll go down that road. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's 11. You're feeling good? Mm-hmm. Let's see what's out there. 155. The lights come on. Did they do that here when the uh-huh. time closed uh-huh. turn lights on and off? Oh, yeah. yeah. Time to move. <laughs> right. Can't stay here. TJ's the backup plan. TJ's. But he may be already, it might be fade to complete, Trent. And it that would be. be hugely disappointing. And back to the divisiveness part, if it happens and it happens quickly, I think there's going to be even more upset Iowa too. State fans. I do too. That this is what we did. We had an opportunity here. Speaking of that, what's, have you heard anything on the Minnesota job? No. As far as names? Because both Craig Smith at Utah State, yeah. really talented guy in yeah. his own right. Nico Medved and went Nico. to school there. And uh, the, the guy from uh, Dutcher. Dutcher from San Diego yeah. State. Yeah. Hey, so he, all three of those Mountain those, West schools have connections. Correct. To the Gophers. I haven't heard who the front runner is. Eric Musselman's name is out there. He's got a huge buyout, though, at Arkansas. Does he? Yeah. It's monsters. It's like $15 million, something that like much? that. Yeah, it's, it's a monster one. So that one's off the table. I did see uh, somebody float out of Ryan Saunders in one of the hey, articles. Hey, I'm on the board. And it was shot down very quickly. Well, I was there. here, too. Yes. Yeah. So at least you weren't alone with that thought. Nah, it's just an out of the box. My, my point behind that is it wasn't me that wants an NBA coach. Who cares what I want? What kids want? One final name that intrigues me, but I, I'm having trouble wrapping my arms around it, and it's Porter Mosher yeah. from Loyola. Mm-hmm. He's been part of the Valley for a long time. Remember, mm-hmm. Loyola was not his first Valley job. The guy's been around the block a time or two. It's just, it's not a style. But why hasn't he left before? Cause he, he's had opportunities. Right, but why hasn't he? Because that, that must mean... I think he's... Is there be, something to the area that keeps him there? Could be, yeah. I mean, living in Chicago it's is not pretty awful, good. Right, <laughs> right yeah. That, I'm sure, is a part of it. And he's been fired before. And he might be a guy that just says, I'm not going to leave unless uh-huh. it makes sense. And taking a look at the Iowa State job, it's not a home run. You look at the roster that is there. You it's look going at the to take a while, base. Trent. This isn't, yeah. going to be, this isn't going to be next year they're going back in the tournament. Right. And because of that, would Porter Mosier even be interested? He's right. had opportunities. An Iowa State job is not an easy one. Well, and maybe that's what moves T.J. Otzelberger up in some people's mind because yeah. he knows what the, uh, what it takes to win there and yeah. the type of player that he can recruit to go there. And he did so as an assistant coach. So, I mean, that that's a, that's um, on the ledger. That's a check mark on T.J.'s side, I think. Yeah, All right, we'll get back to this at uh, oh, an hour or so from now mm-hmm. when Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert joins the program. Uh, look forward to doing that with him. But we said and we're going to stick to it because uh, the NFL is in full swing. We're going to talk to about our four regional teams. Green Bay in this order. Green Bay, Kansas City. 
Chicago, and then the Vikings will wrap up the next segment. We'll do five or six minutes with each of them. So Andy Dalton does nothing for you because that's the name that's be. I don't know. I, I've seen this song and dance before. A veteran that isn't I very know. good. It wouldn't excite me, Trent. No. And then he was okay in his backup role, but that's what. That's not what you need. No. Sell the farm. And this wouldn't prevent you from taking a, a Jones. I hate Mac Jones. I know you do. I don't get that. Look at the talent. Yeah, but look at the talent that uh, the Tua had. He had better talent. He did. And it's not gone well for him. So right. Mac Jones only had one That's of what those talents. But he only had one of those talents. Yeah. One of them got hurt in game two. What, what Alabama quarterback uh, since Johnny Unitas has great been great point. in the pros? Brody Croyle? That dude's anything no. for you? No. Namath? <laughs> been a while. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Um, Certainly in my lifetime there hasn't been anything. Uh, we will talk to Dave Sinekin to start. Green Bay first. Then the Chiefs. Then the Bears and the Vikings. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO. With Charmin. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Just before 10.30 on a Tuesday, it's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's go around our four regional teams, shall we? Green Bay up first, then we'll get to the Chiefs. Likewise, the Bears will follow and finish things up with the Minnesota Vikings. Dave Sinekin, you can read his blog, theheadcheese.com. Headcheese.com. Dave's also an Indiana grad, so we'll pick his brain on the Hoosiers and where they may be headed. In fact, Dave, great to talk to you as always. Let's start there before we get into the Packers. Uh, Archie Miller gone, big buyout. Somebody, a donor, wrote a check, maybe Mark Cuban. That's the speculation. But regardless, uh, where do the Hoosiers go uh, in your mind? Yeah, it's a big hire uh, in my household because my oldest son, Jackson, is going to be a freshman at Indiana in the fall. So he's about as interested as anybody to see who's going to take over that program. <laughs> um, you know, the pipe dream for Hoosier fans is, is Brad Stevens, you know, the, the former Butler coach and the Celtics coach. But unless Danny Ainge loses his patience really quickly, I don't think uh, the Hoosiers could wait to see if he's going to be around. So I don't think that's likely. But I think, you know, ideally you want a proven winner that's coached in the Big Ten or in the region. And with John Beeline sitting out there appearing ready to try again at the age of 68, or Thad Mata, uh, the former Buckeye coach, who appears healthy enough to try to get back in it. He's interviewed, uh, I know, in a couple places over the last couple years. I think those would be the two guys I'd look at first. Um, You know, a couple guys hoping to go deep in March Madness like Scott Drew and Chris Beard, I Mm. think, are expensive and and doing well where they are. And I don't, they both have ties to the Indiana program directly and indirectly because Beard coached for Bob Knight for years at Texas Tech. Um, I don't think those two are likely. So I, I think if Beeline or Mata ends up in Bloomington, I think they have a chance to finally bring this program back to where it was when I was in school in the 80s when <laughs> everything was fantastic. And I'm really dying for that to happen again. Speaking of the 80s, uh, Steve Alford's name gets bandied about for a while. Very quickly, that was shot down yesterday. Maybe a little schadenfreude here, but I got a big chuckle out of that one yesterday. Is it just the Steve Alford coaching resume just doesn't stack up for Indiana? Or is there something deeper that seemingly every time he wants his name out there and it gets shot down very quickly? Yeah, it's funny. He was a freshman when I was a senior, so I uh, 
I covered him and got to know him really well that year. Uh, the 84 Hoosiers uh, were one breath away from the Final Four after knocking off uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Or sorry, uh, that was in, uh, yeah, Michael Jordan. So that was 84. Jordan's last game was against the Hoosiers in the Sweet 16, and Alford led that team. Um, he has had problems um, where he's coached uh, after he left Iowa. Um, I, I think that the way things have gone at New Mexico, wherever he's been, things seem to end uh, not so well. And he's bounced around a lot. I just don't think Hoosier fans want to go down that road. And that tells you something because they always want one of their own. Yeah. And if you want an unsexy pick, former Hoosier Dane Fife has been on mm-hmm. Tom Izzo's staff for about a decade. And he might be a fallback guy because he has been a head coach at Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and was a Hoosier and, and on a championship uh, game team that got to the finals. Um, so he's a fallback. But no, I think there's just uh, too much dirt on Alford and uh, too much time has passed. So I don't think that's an option. All right, one more name and then we'll get to the Packers' promise. And okay. I don't think we'll spend too much time on it because I don't think he'll go there. Rick Patino. Yes, a few people tweeted me Rick Patino's name. I mean, I. You know, anybody that's coached Kentucky, if you're a Hoosier fan, you, you don't want anything to do with. But, man, it would be really interesting. Yeah. But I, I think it's a real long shot. You know, look, he's in the tournament with Iona, and I'm sure some teams will, will come knocking because he's going to bring attention to your program. But the way things ended in Louisville, I don't see Indiana giving him a shot. Uh, let's get to the Packers, and uh, they keep one of their own, but lose uh, Corey Lindsley. Uh, maybe maybe the best center in the game right now, Dave. You watched him every, each and every week. Um, he's certainly he's terrific, and sadly he goes to an AFC West team uh, who needs offensive line hope. Uh, as a Broncos fan, I say sadly, as you know. Uh, but just uh, how big of a blow is that to the Packers uh, losing Lindsley? You know, it's it's been a really surprising week in, in many respects in the fact that they – restructured Preston Smith's deal to keep him around, which nobody really thought would happen. And they re-signed Aaron Jones, which nobody thought would happen. We did know that they would not re-sign Corey Lindsley. If you, if you follow Green Bay over the years in this um, front office, you know what positions they pay for. And they, on the offensive side, they pay tackles, they pay their quarterback, they pay receiver, they pay a running back. They're not going to pay interior offensive line. And they've made a living of drafting a lot of offensive linemen on day three over the years and hoping they hit. And, you know, Bakhtiari was day three. Lindsley was day three. Go back to um, Sitton and Lang. Those two great guards were day three picks that became pro bowlers. And they eventually move on and replace them because they just feel like they're going to find guys in the interior of the offensive line. And last year they drafted three of them, including former Michigan guard John Runyon, uh, Oregon center Jake Hansen, who might get a chance to take over the job, but they've got other options. They're deep there. And it's just like J.C. Treader, before when they drafted Lindsley, they let J.C. Treader go to Cleveland, who was going to be a really fine center for Green Bay. But that's just a position that they will not pay for. And he ends up playing with his buddy Brian Bulaga out with the Chargers. And uh, he was a terrific center. And, well, obviously, the Packers will miss him in the middle of that line. But they, they do have replacements, whether they move Elton Jenkins there, Lucas Patrick, or one of the youngsters that, that I talked about. Uh, so that was not surprising. Uh, you can't pay everybody. I'll take Aaron Jones over Lindsley if I have to have one or the other. Well, let's go to the Jones deal. Four years, $48 million. Certainly different than the trend we've seen in the NFL, not paying running backs. That's the case here with Green Bay. Your overall thoughts about this and with A.J. Dillon back there, two-headed monster, that's the direction they're heading to with Williams more than likely departing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that they kept him. I was convinced that he was gone. You know, when they drafted Dillon in the second round, and uh, you saw the money that some of these 
teams that need running backs but might be looking to throw at Aaron Jones, like the Miami Dolphins, maybe the New York Jets. Uh, I, I assumed he was gone. Uh, I feel like, look at the guys that have done second deals lately, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Those are the kind of players you put Aaron Jones in that same company. Maybe a notch below, but he's a game-breaking kind of talent, and it's hard to replace that. Um, there aren't too many guys like Aaron Jones. He's 26, criminally underused. We all talked about under Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. so very little tread on the tires. He's, he's not beaten down with a lot of carries over his first uh, four years, and so uh, he'll certainly play the next two years with this team the way the contract is set up. And, yeah, Matt LaFleur has made no bones about it. This team is going to run the football. Uh, he doesn't want to run one guy into the ground to have kind of a thunder and lightning duo, I think, uh, with, with two different talents. Uh, you know, uh, Expertise is really important. And I think with Aaron Jones, he's not just a really, really shifty, electric, fast running back. He's a terrific receiver, and he showed that in the Chiefs game, particularly last season. He is such a weapon out of the backfield as a receiver uh, it's just hard to find a guy like that for this offense that was the top offense in the league. You bring him back at his age and pretty fair contract size for what it could have been. Uh, really excited about the fact that he's back and you lose Jamal Williams because you can't pay everybody. But I think that Jones and Dylan backfield is going to be pretty electric for three days. Dave, 20 seconds left. Kansas City coming up. Uh, what's on your wish list? What, what would you like to see them do? Well, there'll be a lot of bargain shopping after this first wave. Certainly, I think you're going to see a lot of one-year prove-it deals with the cap down. A lot of big-name veterans going to take one-year deals. Defensive tackle uh, to go next to Kenny Clark, like the kid the, the bikes got, Dalvin Tomlinson was on our wish list. Somebody like that and a cornerback. Maybe Richard Sherman signs a one-year mm-hmm. deal. They need a veteran corner that they can find cheap, and I think they'll probably sign a couple of them. The com is Dave's blog. Uh, the, he covers the Packers in an Indiana grad. We're grateful to pick his brain on that. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. Good to talk to you, Dave Sinek, in theheadcheese.com from the Chiefs, or from the Packers to the Chiefs, Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they continue to work the cap the way they do. But if there's a big name, he's on the Chiefs Leech list. Leach is a wizard, isn't he? He really and truly is. Thune, he's a done deal coming over from the Patriots. Yep. Maybe Kyle Long is out of retirement and on his way to Kansas City. Nick, great to talk to you. Primetimesportstalk.com. Clearly, the offensive line is an area of need after they let both of their tackles go, after Osemele yep. was hurt and missed the entire year. Uh, the Canadian doctor, Duvernay Tardif, uh, bowed out of last year to fight COVID in his native Canada. Um, offensive line was in need. They've begun to address it. Are they finished? No, they're not even close to finish. I, I think when it's all said and done, 2021 opening roster, you're going to see five new offensive linemen. Um, I think Niang's going to start uh, probably right guard. I think they're going to find a left tackle and a right tackle probably today or tomorrow. Um, my guess is they're going to go after Trent Williams with everything they have. They have the cap space. Uh, Riley Reed could be a guy they bring in as a right tackle. Would not be surprised. Then you got then you got Kyle Long is sitting out there. Uh, not to mention you know signing Zumi yesterday. I mean, listen, I, I don't know where they're going to put all these guys, but the Chiefs have about twenty eight million after signing. Dale Williams and Paco Charlton today to one-year deal. And they have another $12 million coming once the Honey Badgers extension is, is finalized. So they can sign whatever they want to. So I, I, I find it very fascinating that, that, that Beach and Reed have said, okay, we're going to put all our chips here, and that's what they need to do. What about the Canadian doctor? Uh, Duvernay Tardif opted out this season. Is he anticipated he's going to be back? 
you know, he wants to come back. I think the Chiefs are okay with him coming back, but I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be a starter for this year. I mean, he's not out a year. Um, and, and and kudos to him. He should have been the NFL man of the year as far as I was mm. concerned for yeah. what he gave up. But, um, you know, I think he's a assembly still an option if he can be healthy. He really loved being in Kansas City. He wants to come back. So if some of these free agent deals don't pan out, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll see how that works. But I, I think he's an option. I don't think he's the answer because uh, they still have to address the center position, too. They're going to have to find a center. Uh, as well, maybe Daniel Kilgore, who looked really good last year at time, you know, can be that one-year plug-and-play, and you draft a young center in the first round. But uh, there, there, are, there are some center center guys they're looking at as well. Uh, Nick, uh, let's, let's do the AFC West. Uh, Chargers certainly been active so far. Raiders lose Aguilar, which uh, certainly helps the division. Chargers rebuilding that offensive line like uh, the Chiefs there, want to do. Um, they got a young quarterback. This looks like the team that's poised to be the Chiefs' biggest nemesis over the next couple of years. Do you see it that way? The Chargers? Yeah, yes, you sir. You me a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think so, too. They they, they, had, they had limited cap space. They went on and got a couple of offensive linemen, including the center the Chiefs really, really wanted to get. Um, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're their best rival for the next three or four years. They're going to be better coached. Um, they're they're going to be they're going to play better. They're not going to lose those fourth quarter games. I mean, you, you know, they tore apart the Chiefs, even though they were playing with backups. You can kind of see in the glimpse of the future for that franchise. I think it's the Chiefs and the Chargers for the next five or six years. Um, I think the Broncos, if they make some good moves, maybe the Raiders are always going to be bad. But it doesn't really matter what they do at this point. Um, so yeah, that's that's their chief competition for right now. Yeah, Hunter Henry though moves on to the Patriots. That's a blow to them. That was huge. I don't understand why they let him go. That makes absolutely no sense. I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad they did, but it doesn't make sense <laughs> right. to me either. So uh, yeah. we talked about the offensive line. What else free agency before the draft? Do you think they're going? Is it these mid-level free agents, or is it going to be the scrap heap after they finish off what they're trying to do with the offensive line? Well, I've heard Melvin Ingram may visit Kansas City this week, um, you know, from the Chargers. I think he's using that as a ploy to get money out of San Diego. Or, I'm sorry, I did it again, didn't I? Los Angeles. Um, I, I think they're looking at a couple of cornerbacks. I'm not really sure who. Um, they're going to have a gap in the secondary. Uh, I don't think Breland's going to come back. He wants way, way, way too much money. Um, you know, there could be a trade, um, but I think they're going to add another cornerback. They need defensive line help. They need an edge rusher. You know, Ingram would certainly help that out a little bit. I'm glad they signed the side Taco Charlton, who I think was their best pass rusher last year when he was when he was healthy. Um, but but they're going to have to make a few a few tweaks there. But you know, the goal going into free agency was wide receiver, three offensive linemen, an edge rusher. Everything else they thought they could address in the draft. But I don't think we all expected they'd have this much cap space uh, to be this aggressive. So. Um, they're going to have to address a few things on defense, though. M- most prominently, they have to find an edge rusher opposite Frank Clark. Could that be Justin Houston, Nick, in our final thirty seconds? I, you know, I don't. I don't think the Chiefs are opposed to him coming back. I mean, there was a little hard feelings there uh, after he left, and, and really, the contract situation was never handled properly with him. But yeah, I mean, if Justin Houston wants to come back and play in a one-year deal for like seven or eight million dollars, I'm, I'm all for it. He's going to give you seven, eight, maybe nine sacks. He'll be a perfect uh, pass rusher opposite Frank Clark. Um, and with Taco Charlton helping in, um, I-, I would be okay with that move. 
Absolutely. Well, the they just broke that it's official that Charlton is coming back. So you had that uh, uh, prior to joining us. So good stuff, Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, we'll talk to you in a few weeks when the schedules come out and we get closer to the draft and the tournament is over. Thank you, buddy. Guys. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Let's go. We've done the Packers. We've done the Chiefs. Let's get our friend Jeff Hughes in here to bearsblog.com. Guessing, Jeff, you know where we're going to start. <laughs> With that position that still sticks out like a sore thumb under center, the most important center, in all, or the most important position in all of sports, and Andy Dalton's name is being tossed around now that Fitz is a member of the Washington Football Team. It didn't move Trent's needle, putting it mildly. Does Dalton move yours? No, and and I don't think he moves anybody's needle in the NFL. Andy Dalton, if he signs with the Chicago Bears, he is being brought in strictly on a one-year, low-money backup contract, and it probably means more uh, about Nick Foles' future in Chicago than anything else. This team is squarely focused right now on trying to get Russell Wilson out of Seattle and into Chicago. The talks have been ongoing for weeks. The Bears have made an offer. They look like they're going to have to make a slightly larger offer, but that's where their focus is right now. And I'll just say this generally. If it's not Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or a first-round quarterback this year, then it's nobody. And we're just spinning our wheels again in Chicago at the most important position in sports. It has to be one of those three, uh, one of those three players. And if it's not, then the Bears are looking at another eight and eighteen. And for me, it's one of those two guys that is out there. It, the first-round draft pick. It's not going to be the top of the list. It's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. And because of that, I just, I'm struggling to get excited about any of the guys. Maybe it's because I got my head in the clouds and imagining actually a competent quarterback behind center for the Bears for the first time in my lifetime. <laughs> but thinking of Russell Wilson back there, thinking of Deshaun Watson, it just, it has me salivating. But I also realize the team and the organization I cheer for is the Chicago Bears. So I don't have a whole lot of hope. Bring me in. Get, sell me some hope, Jeff Hughes. I can't. I mean, I mean, well, what do I tell you? It, it, yeah. This is this is this is where the hope lies. Right now, the Seattle Seahawks have had every opportunity in the last several weeks to tell the football world that Russell Wilson is not available, mm-hmm. and they have not said a word. Right. Russell Wilson has had every opportunity to tell the football world he wants to stay in Seattle, and he has not said a word. We know. Deshaun Watson is going to be available at some point very soon. This is the prime opportunity for this franchise to land one of these two guys, and no price is too high. No price. If they say they want every draft pick this year and not two more ones, I'm I'm packaging them up, I'm handing them over, survey the damage then, and, and make the roster complete around the quarterback until they get the quarterback right at, with this franchise there is nothing to look forward to. I'm convinced Russell Wilson is 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 uh, his days in Seattle are behind him. When they sent out the letter to the season ticket holders and they mentioned a couple of the guys on the roster and his name wasn't first or on there at all for that matter, that tells me that there's a problem there and that Russell Wilson is going to move on. So you mentioned that they uh, that they're going to have to up the offer. What will that offer look like in your mind, Jeff? I think we're looking at most likely two or three first-round picks. And if the Seahawks want to take a player off this roster, someone like, uh, you know, depends where they want to go. Do they want Jalen Johnson? 
someone on a rookie deal? Or do they still think they can win now? And does a Kyle Fuller appeal to them? Uh, do they want a Darnell Mooney? I'm not sure what the point of acquiring a Darnell Mooney is if they don't have a quarterback. But there's also a lot of rumors that Seattle's interested in Sam Darnold now. And that, mm-hmm. that's somebody Pete Carroll's very fond of. So there, there's multiple ways to go about this. But again, th- there is no price the Bears can pay for Russell Wilson that is going to lead to me writing a negative word about the deal. No price. They have got to settle this position and then figure out the rest of the landscape. And right now they have two serious opportunities to do that. And I do believe uh, wholeheartedly that the Bears are going to maximize this effort. They want one of these two guys. They're all in right now on Russ. If that falls through, they'll be all in on Deshaun. They are going to go to the mattresses here and try to get one of these guys. Jeff, not a whole lot of flexibility in terms of money out there currently. They're going to be making deals. They're going to be shuffling money around. That's the way teams certainly go. But at this point, free agency, is it still even a holding pattern, just waiting to see what happens at quarterback? You know, it's not, because there's the, the rumors are, are pretty thick right now that the Bears are in conversations with, about Trent Williams. And really? one of the reasons it's one of the reasons why I keep going back to, you don't go get Trent Williams to protect Nick Foles' blind side. <laughs> right. It's just the money doesn't make sense. But if, if you're trying to acquire a quarterback who is hell-bent on getting a better offensive line because he's tired of being sacked 40 times a year, maybe this is the kind of move that sends that message loud and clear to Russell Wilson that you're serious about protecting him. And the Bears, if they had Trent Williams, you have a Trent Williams, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, James Daniels mm. offensive line, all of a sudden it's a strength of the franchise. I... I I would be surprised if they could meet the economic demands for Williams, but I've heard it from multiple people that the Bears are very serious players in that conversation. If they can make it happen, they're going to have to lose some money on the defensive side of the ball because there's no way economically they can make it work uh, with a big money contract on the line. Uh, we've got 10 seconds left. Where does Mitchell Trubisky land? San Francisco. Uh, I think he lands in San Francisco as a backup if not, I think I think Mitch is looking at a one-year deal, four or five million dollars, and I, I just don't see him as a starter in this league. I gave the guy every opportunity. I don't see him as a starter. I'd be surprised if he is one next year. Good stuff, Jeff Hughes. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. TheBearsBlog.com. From the Bears to the Vikings, Dane Mizzatani from the Pioneer Press covers the Vikings, also covers the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. i got to get a hockey question in. <laughs> I knew you were uh, going to. Dane, uh, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Look, the, this team is, I think, exceeding everybody's expectations. This Kaprizov, this 22, 23-year-old rookie from Russia in his first season over here, he's unbelievable to watch. They've not, they haven't had a player like this, I don't think, in a long, long time, maybe ever. What has... What's behind this team playing at the level that they are and exceeding everyone's expectations? Uh, I think he said it right there. Kirill Kaprizov is, is, the, is the reason behind it. And you, you look at a sport like hockey, it's, it's rare that one guy can really change you know, the entire course of a franchise. But superstars can do that. And Kirill Kaprizov is a superstar. We don't have to hide around that, you know, beat around the bush, just because he's 23, just because he's a rookie. Nah, the kid's a superstar. He's proving that night in, night out. And like you said, like they haven't had someone like this since Marion Gabrick. And Marion Gabrick was very, very good in, in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. The Kirill Kaprizov, man, he just does some things that I don't even think Gabrick could do. It, it's every night with this kid, and I think, yeah, they've exceeded expectations, but 
this kid has put them on a different trajectory, and I think the future is extremely bright for this franchise. All right, Ken got his hockey question in. Let's get back into football. And uh, the Vikings last night, the signing of Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, I have some Giants fans in my life. One of my best friends, a Giants fan, he was not pleased about this one at all. Apparently, there were a couple offers with the Packers this season. Packers are trying to get him in a trade. They didn't bite. Now, of course, they get nothing here. Feels like the biggest need for the Vikings, a run stuffer. They got a pretty good one in Tomlinson. Your takeaway? Yeah, I think it's he's probably the best knows, or I guess he's probably going to play a little bit of three technique for the Vikings, mm-hmm. but as far as interior defensive linemen, I don't think there was a better one out there, and I think the Vikings made that a priority. It was a little surprising to me that you know they pushed so hard to get an interior guy like that when it looked like they had just very, very glaring needs as, as a pass rushing team. Mm-hmm. Like They were just awful against getting after the quarterback last year, um, but I think you look at a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson it reminded me a little bit of the, the Linball Joseph State signing from five, six years ago, and not just because he came from the Giants, but a little parallel there. This guy, he's really, really good. I think he's three and a half sacks in each of the last two years, but I think some potential as a pass rusher. In, in, in New York, he was asked to be that run stopper. I think he has some pass rush potential, and I think the Vikings are going to try and get that out of him. And then you, you, you pair that with, with Michael Pierce, who will be coming mm-hmm. back next year. And, and the D-line's going to look a heck of a lot better. But, yeah, I like the signing. Uh, I just would have thought if they were going to spend a lot of money, it was going to be on a pass rusher. But you, you can't complain with getting the best interior defensive lineman out there. No, it's a good signing in my opinion as well. So, and I'm with you on the pass rusher. Maybe the draft is where they identify that. But they've also got a really good one and a real good young one in Daniel Hunter, who apparently is over his injury, and, but but maybe not happy with his contract. Will that work itself out? Uh, Hunter's piping up that he's not pleased. I'd be a little, I'd be a little nervous if I was a Vikings, Vikings fan, because, yeah, it, it. Anytime a guy, these reports come out, they don't come out of nowhere, and it, it's something. I think it was, it came out last year that he wanted to be a higher paid player, and and he deserves to be. Like you look at some of the contracts that are getting thrown around for for edge guys right now. Like Leonard Floyd signed a contract yesterday, and he's making more money average per year than Daniel Hunter, and that's ridiculous. Like you know, people want to say. Okay, yeah, Daniel, you signed the contract. You know, you got to play out your contract. Well, no, I think that's baloney. Like he, look, he he has to honor his contract, whatever. But if a guy signs and he underperforms, he gets cut. Daniel Hunter signs and he he knows he's a bargain. And I think you look at that injury last year. That has to kind of make him his ears perk up and say, oh, "Wow, like this career, you're this it's a fickle game. Your career can end quickly." You got to get your money when you can, and I don't know if Daniel Hunter is going to hold out, but I think he he knows what his worth is, and I would imagine that he's going to try and find a way to get get some more money, get a new contract, restructure. I would be a little nervous if I was a Vikings fan if if this continues to trend in the direction it looks like. But I think there's still time, you know, if Rick Spielman understands like I got to lock this guy up. I, I need to you know give him the money he wants. You know, he just wants to feel valued. I don't think Daniel Hunter wants to be this superstar. He's kind of always been a reluctant superstar. You know, doesn't love talking to the media, doesn't love the, the spotlight on him. I think he just wants to feel valued, and I can see why he doesn't feel valued right now, given the current contract he, he's playing under. Good stuff, Dane Muzitani. Just uh, th- we have twenty seconds left. Will Thielen uh, renegotiate his contract to give them a little relief cap wise? 
I say I, if I had to put money on it, I would guess he does. I know the contract that the talks have, have been happening. Um, Thielen's a team guy. I think he wants to stay in Minnesota for the duration of his career. Uh, he signed his big contract, you know, a few years ago. I, I think yes, they get they find a way to get that done. Dane, thank you for uh, popping on. We appreciate. It. We'll talk to you down the road. Yep, good to problem. talk to you. Yep, Dane Musatani from the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Good stuff. Packers, Chiefs, Bears, and Vikings, your four regional teams. Quick hit on them. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Uh, Adam Emmenecker starts hour number two. Michael Swain on Iowa State. Before we get out of here at noon, it's 1460 KXNO. Tell them you heard it on KXNO. Welcome back. Final, uh, well, minute of the first hour of the program. Adam Emenecker is in the on-deck circle. He will join us to kick off hour number two, former Drake Bulldog. Last time Drake was in the tournament, he was leading the way. You were there for that one. I was. It was so much fun. Uh, being in Tampa Bay for that, uh, didn't could have spent another couple of days right. there. Uh, didn't work out that way, but uh, it was it was being watching the shoot around, watching Ty Rogers from that very place on the floor that he hit that unbelievable bucket, make one after another. We're sitting beside Andy Garman, and we couldn't believe it. Get in price for the uh, first four. I saw about two hundred and seventy dollars at least as of yesterday mm-hmm. uh, for the Iowa game playing in that small venue. Where Ooey Pooey plays, right, right. I, what, what's the get in for that one? Three seventy six was the lowest price yesterday, Jeez. and uh, that thing might go higher because you're talking about a building that seats what about seven thousand at fifteen twenty percent capacity. It's not a whole lot of tickets there. No, it's going to be a fun, a fun game to watch because of the environment. Though. Yes. I would at least I would think that it'll be. Um, well, we'll only see it for the first weekend, and then they'll move to the big venues. We've got a big. Well, probably not. Got a good hour, hopefully. We do. Let's see what we can do. Adam Emenecker, Michael Swain, and I with State as we take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.